Welcome. I am your host, Christine, and this is the Self-Esteem Truths Podcast, a podcast about discovering the truth about who we are, why we struggle, and how we can overcome. This podcast is designed to help you transform your life as we dive weekly into new questions about self-esteem truths. Hi, I'm Christine, and this is episode 63. We are well into a year with this, which I absolutely love, and we have some new listeners, so I thought it would be prudent of me to take a moment before we get into our topic today to tell you all real quickly, in case you didn't know or haven't heard me cover it yet, I am a certified life coach. I hold four separate certifications in order to work with people in different areas of their life. When somebody chooses to work with me, what they are really doing is choosing to invest in themselves, their own well-being, and their future. My job is to be the supporter, the cheerleader. My job is to ask the right questions to get you curious about yourself, where your beliefs are coming from, and how they can be different. My job is also to be your accountability partner to make sure that you reach your goals and to make sure you are setting reasonable and achievable goals so that you are most likely to see results. That is what I do. It is different than talking to a counselor, therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist. While I do sometimes work hand in hand with those other professions, I am a separate profession which is something I actually take a lot of pride in and enjoy because it allows me to have a more personal and connected relationship with my clients. And that puts them more at ease, which I believe gives them a better chance at real success. If my podcast resonates with you, there is a very good chance that we would be an excellent team working together to reach your goals. I do offer one free session to all listeners, so you can certainly take advantage of that, and we can decide together after that if working together further is something that you feel would benefit you. So since I've gotten a few questions recently about that, and some people have even said they didn't know having those personal conversations was a possibility, I wanted to put this out there so that you all knew that that was certainly something that was available to you. So let's get into this week's episode, shall we? Today, I want to talk about how lies plays a huge role in low self-esteem. If you struggle from low self-esteem, there is a high likelihood that as a child, you were told something about yourself and you believed that thing to be true about yourself. And that led to that distortion between who you thought you were and who you thought you were supposed to be. In all likelihood, you made a lot of decisions about how you were going to act and who you were going to interact with and the type of partner you were going to pick or the type of parent you were going to be because of that lie. I'll use myself as an example for this one because I am certainly no different than any of you. I have had these experiences. I have had these emotions. All the things that I talk about are things that I have worked through and dealt with and come up against in my own life. So for me, one of the messages that I believed so much as a child was, don't be selfish. You're so selfish. You're so self-centered. And I worked really, really, really hard to be selfless and to be focused outward instead of focused on self. I really thought I had nailed this. I thought this was something that I had addressed and fixed. I was not a selfish person. I was absolutely not self-centered. Now, admittedly, like all of us, I had my moments, right? I'd get caught up in 
all of my children being sick and my husband being out of town, I would forget somebody's birthday, things like that happened. But ultimately, I felt I was a very selfless person. My kids always came first. My husband always came first. If my friends needed me, I would rearrange my schedule and be there for my friends, whatever it was. Something else came along with this too, though. If somebody didn't want to be my friend, I must have done something wrong. They must have caught on to how weird I am. I must have rubbed them the wrong way. I must have missed some kind of cue. If a friend didn't invite me out or overlooked me for an event, I immediately thought, we must not be as close as I thought we were. I misunderstood the relationship. I've done something to make them upset with me. If my kids acted out, I immediately questioned my parenting. I could keep going. I'm going to stop here. I'm sure some of you can relate to this. Or you can maybe pinpoint your own insecurities that eat at you and talk to you and make you question and doubt yourself. Here's the thing about this that completely floored me when I finally figured it out. How crazy selfish am I being to think all of this revolves around me? Now stick with me for a minute. How self-centered do I have to be to think that the reason this person doesn't want to be my friend is all because of me. How self-centered do I have to be to think that my friend didn't hang out with me solely because of me and had nothing to do with whatever was going on in her life, right? Are you hearing this? In my attempt to be as selfless as possible and to get as far removed from being self-centered as I could possibly be, I became that very thing. It was all about me. If my friends forgot about me, it had to be because of something that I did. If somebody gave me a weird look in the store, it had to be because I was weird or awkward or had something on me or had pissed them off in some way. I'm making it all about me. Now, of course, I wasn't doing it with the intention of being selfish or self-centered, right? I wanted control over the situation. I wanted to be able to fix it if it's about me. I can fix it. If it's not about me, I can't fix it. It's out of my control. Out of control doesn't feel safe. People pleasers, it's the exact same thing. I'm sure you can relate to this. We're putting all of their needs first because we think that's right and humble and morally acceptable and makes us a better person. But really, really, and this hurts. I know that this hurts, but what is at the core of that? We want to be good. We want to be liked. We want people to be pleased with us. So if this is stinging a little bit, if a part of you is wanting to go, ouch, no, that is not true. That is not me. If you're wanting to fight against this, believe me, I get it. When I first had this realization in my own life, it stung. I'm, I'm laughing about it because it is, to me at least, ridiculously obvious and comical once you start looking at it. But it hurts because we've lived so many years of our lives trying to not be this very thing. Here is what I want you to realize. When unhealthy parents, with the best intention, loving you or not, tell you you need to be more quiet, you're meant to be seen and not heard, you're too loud, you're too excitable, you're too self-centered, any of those things, right? When an unhealthy parent gives you that kind of feedback, more than likely, it is not even true. The behavior they are labeling that way may actually be healthy behavior. Being self-aware, knowing what you want and don't want, being creative, being adventurous, being a go-getter, 
speaking your mind, asking questions, being curious, challenging authority, all things that are not bad or wrong in and of themselves. So when these healthy, normal behaviors are labeled with these negative labels, and then we try to correct the quote-unquote bad behavior, we end up with bad behavior. So for me, in an attempt to be as selfless as possible and remove myself from being self-centered, I actually became incredibly self-centered. The joke that just is the icing on the cake with this one is the fix was to become what I felt was self-centered. I had to change the narrative to, it's not me, it's them. Now, when you've grown up with it backwards like I did, that feels selfish, right? The idea that there's nothing wrong with me, there's something wrong with them, feels very egotistical, feels very self-centered. And yet the reality is, I don't affect people's lives that much. I don't have that much power in other people's lives. My presence, the thought of me, does not consume everyone's everyday waking moment. And when they're making their plans and deciding what they're going to do for the weekend, I'm not in everybody's mind, right? That's the reality. That's the truth. So letting go of self-centeredness meant understanding I'm not the center of anybody's world and I have no control over them and what they're doing and what they're planning and what they're thinking. It has nothing to do with me. To somebody who wants control, that truth is actually very scary and it takes a level of being selfless to accept that kind of truth, to give up the control. To be okay with people reacting however they're going to react and leave you out of whatever they're going to leave you out of and make decisions without talking to you, whatever it is, and let that be okay and relinquish that control. That is true selflessness, not making it about yourself. Hurt people get this twisted. They can't be responsible for their own actions, so you have to be the one responsible. Imagine this as a child. Mom's frustrated. Mom has a headache. She can't make dinner, and it's your fault you were too loud. Dad's angry. Dad's punching holes in the wall, and it's your fault because you didn't clean your room. Mom and dad are screaming and yelling at each other, and the cops are being called, and it's all your fault because you need food and you need shoes. This is where it gets twisted. All of a sudden, your existence and you having needs makes you selfish. You are responsible for other people's actions and feelings, and so you grow up. And you don't want to be that thing and you don't want to cause those kinds of problems. So you work really, 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 really hard at being the exact opposite. And you people please and you're demure and you cave in and you compromise and you're quiet and you're humble. So you let other people take credit for your work and on and on and on. You want to be a better parent. So whatever your kids want and whatever your kids need, even if that means you're running to multiple practices a week and multiple games on Saturday and Sunday and you're going without so they can have name brand shoes because your kids aren't going to feel that way. You're not a selfish parent. Can you see where the cycle comes from? Can you see how the truth becomes twisted and made ugly? You are meant to be focused on self. Why? Because you are only responsible for you and you can only control you and you have a magnificent purpose that you are supposed to be meeting and only you have control over whether or not that happens. 
Somebody who is not focused on self cannot do that. If you are focused on others, your purpose goes unmet. Your needs go unmet. And you as a person begins to collapse. True unselfishness is recognizing how powerless you are with other people and how small of a role you play in other people's lives. Recognizing that none of it is about you. It's beautiful and it's freeing. Now, admittedly, at first, it feels wrong. It feels bad. It might even feel icky. But the truth of it, you will feel that. And when you feel that, it will feel freeing and beautiful. What was the story about yourself that you were told when you were little? What was the instruction you were given about what you should or should not be? You've heard me say this before. If there is an area where you were shut down as a child, that is probably where your greatest strength lies. We don't silence quiet people, right? We only silent loud people. The same thing goes with our personalities. I'm saying this again because it is so important that you get this. You were born with specific strengths, and unhealthy parents will try to silence that part of yourself. Not because of you, but because of their own internal struggles, okay? It's very telling when you think back on that part of you that they tried to silence. Because that was your natural strength coming to the surface. And there's a lot of power in that part of yourself. And there's a good possibility that part of yourself has been laying dormant. So when you can name that part of yourself, that's part of the key. And when you can find this other part that we've been talking about today, the instruction you were given on how you needed to change yourself. For me, it was don't be selfish and self-centered. For you, it might have been something different, but the same rule applies. When you can recall that instruction and look at how it has played out in your life, how you have changed and adapted to, quote, fix that part of yourself, then you can start to identify the lie. So it's usually pretty easy to identify this. There's something that you heard over and over and over again. It was probably the thing your parents said more than anything else they ever told you. So once you have identified that, then you get to look at your life today, check in with yourself about where your self-esteem is at, because that is a good indicator if some of these things are in play. And you get to ask yourself, have I been doing this backwards this whole time? Because that initial message was an absolute lie. It's okay if you have been doing this wrong. That is okay. The vast majority of us have for most of our lives. So give yourself some grace around that. And now that you've identified that lie, what's the opposite of it? What might the truth be for you? How might this be playing out in your life, causing the very problem you were trying to avoid? If you are able to discover this on your own, congratulations, you have taken a giant step forward towards healing your self-esteem. Even if that information is shocking, just take it in and let it pass. You didn't know any better and that is okay. All right, just like for me, hearing that I was being incredibly selfish and self-centered in an attempt to not be selfish and self-centered was not pleasant, but it's okay. It's okay. You take in the information and you let the rest of it roll away. And then we get to do something about it. So what do you get to do? You get to practice handling these things differently. 
you get to practice being uncomfortable and ignoring that voice in your head and trying on something a little different to see if that doesn't actually feel better. See if you can find that sense of freedom when you connect into who you were meant to be and your strengths and release that part of yourself that was self-harming in an attempt to conform to a falsehood that never should have been put on you in the first place. So like I said, for me, that meant recognizing none of this has anything to do with me and I don't have to worry about any of that. And I'm not responsible for how they feel and how they're acting and the decisions that they're making. What does that look like for you? I encourage you this week to play around with this. Try on some different responses to things. Try letting some things go. Of course, maintain your safety at all times. And if you need assistance in figuring out how to do this safely because of the relationships that you're in or the work environment that you are in, please, please, please message me and we will work through that together. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. Enjoy the freedom that you get from addressing this. Send me a message if you would like more information about working together. My email is in the show notes, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.